0: The last full measure is a compilation of Medal of Honor stories designed to both honor the individual recipients and educate the public on their stories to ensure that such heroism is not forgotten in a grateful nation. When you see members of the United States Armed Forces in dress uniform, you're likely to notice the ribbons right there. It's unofficially called the salad bar or the fruit salad. Each ribbon designates a campaign, fought or a medal received. A service member in full dress uniform who has received a Congressional Medal of Honor wears it around their neck. There are three versions of the medal, one for the Army, one for the Air Force, and one for the Navy that is also worn by members of the Coast Guard. All medals of honor are suspended on a light blue silk ribbon with 13 white stars, although the shape of the medal varies for each branch of service. Regardless of the differences, it's easy to recognize the Medal of Honor because it's the only United States military decoration worn around the neck. Of the more than 40 million Americans who have served in the United States military, fewer than 4,000 have received Medals of Honor. Remarkably, two sets of fathers and sons have received the Medal of Honor. First was First Lieutenant Arthur MacArthur, who fought in the 24th Wisconsin Infantry during the Civil War, and his son, General Douglas MacArthur, who led the Philippines campaign during World War II. The second was Lieutenant Colonel Theodore, commonly known as Teddy Roosevelt, who led the charge on San Juan Hill during the Spanish-American War and later became President of the United States. His son, Brigadier General Theodore Roosevelt Jr., was recognized for his service at the invasion of Normandy during World War II. Recipients of the Medal of Honor come from all walks of life. They include men and one woman and people of all colors and races. Some are career military, others are teachers, writers, laborers, salespeople, and professionals in a variety of industries. They are a representation of the many different peoples and cultures who put their lives on the line to fight something that is is both rare and worth defending, democracy, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In 2012, former United States Director of National Intelligence, retired United States Navy Admiral Dennis Blair, published an article in PRISM, which is the security study journal, about the defining characteristics of the armed forces in a democracy. He wrote, Their allegiance is to the people of their country, not to an individual party, tribe, or ethnic or religious faction. They follow the orders of a freely and fairly elected government that represents the people. They do not support political parties or factions. Their primary mission is the defense of their country against external threats. Medal of Honor recipients defend our country. They are not perfect, but they're skilled soldiers who are willing to risk and sacrifice their lives to defend our way of life. The reasons for fighting are ultimately as diverse as they are. Larry Smith is the author of Beyond Glory, <clears throat> Medal of Honor win, uh, winners in their own words. His book includes the story of Captain Lewis Millett, who received the Medal of Honor for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity above and beyond the call of duty in action during, during the Korean War. Millett told Smith, I believe in freedom, deeply believe in it. I believe that as a free man, it was my duty, and I'm not Jewish, but I thought it was my duty to help the Jews be freed of a son of a bitch like Hitler. I fought in three wars and volunteered for all of them because I believed as a free man it was my duty to help others under the attack of tyranny. Just as simple as that. Captain Millett's story had an unexpected twist. He may be the only Medal of Honor winner or recipient who is also a deserter. Millett was born into a family with a long history of military service and joined the U.S. Army Air Corps during peacetime in 1940. Two months before Pearl Harbor, Millett listened to President Roosevelt's radio address to the nation, in which Roosevelt said, There is no demand for sending an American expeditionary force outside our own borders. There is no intention by any member of your government to send such a force. This statement greatly dismayed Millett, who was ready to fight, so he deserted the U.S. Armed Forces, joined the Canadian military, and was sent to England as a radar radar specialist. By the time he arrived, the United States had joined the war, and Millet returned to the U.S. military. Smith described some of Millet's exploits during World War II. As part of a counterattack at Kasserine Pass, Millet shot down a Messerschmitt with a pair of 50 caliber machine guns. His outfit had jury-rigged on the back of a half-track because there was so little in the way of anti-aircraft armament. He made corporal after that. Eventually, he was to receive the European-African campaign ribbon with seven campaigns and three amphibious assault landings in North Africa at Salerno and Anzio, Italy. Millet explained what happened when the military realized he had deserted. All this time, I'd been getting partial pay because they didn't have my records. I'd already fought six months in Africa and six months in Italy. I had the Silver Star. I was Buck Sergeant. Now my records came in And I got about $2,000 in back pay, and they court martialed me. It was all done in Washington, D.C. They said, You'll court martial him. You'll do this, that, and the other. But I never appeared before a court martial. We were in Naples. Lieutenant George Crick said to me, You were court martialed yesterday, found guilty of desertion, fined $52. Then a week later, they made me a second lieutenant. First Lieutenant Daniel Inouye spent his life in services to the United States, defending individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and free enterprise, first in the U.S. military and later as a senator in the United States Congress. As a Japanese-American, Inouye defended the U.S. during World War II because he loved his country and also because he wanted to prove his loyalty. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, Japanese-Americans were designated 4C, Enemy Aliens. In January of 1943, President Roosevelt issued an executive order that led to the establishment of the 442nd Regimental Combat Team, which was comprised of almost entirely of Japanese-American soldiers. Roosevelt stated, The principle on which this country was founded and by which it has always been governed is that Americanism is a matter of the heart and mind. Americanism is not and never was a matter of race or ancestry. In Beyond Glory, Larry Smith described the Inouye's regiment. The 442nd Regiment, with spaces for 4,500 men, ended up engaging 12,000 Japanese-Americans because of the turnover from death and injury in combat. The combat soldiers of the 442nd received, along with seven presidential unit citations, 19,000 decorations including 9,400 Purple Hearts and 53 Distinguished Service Crosses, 19 of which were upgraded to Medal of Honors 55 years later. Based on the size and length of service, the 442nd was the most highly decorated unit in the history of the American Army. In a way, received a Medal of Honor for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty, in the vicinity of San Terenzo, Italy, during World War II Navy. Petty officer Michael Thornton always knew he was going to fight for his country. It was a tradition in his family. His father and uncles all served in World War II. It was also the only career Thornton, who was dyslexic and struggled with school, envisioned for himself. In 1967, Thornton joined the Navy and completed Bud's training to become a member of the Navy's elite Sea Air Land Special Force Operations Forces, also known as the SEALs. Thornton received a medal of honor for conspicuous gallantry and trepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty during his, during his fourth tour of duty in Vietnam. In an interview with the American Veterans Center, he said, Of course freedom isn't free. Freedom is written in blood. The medal I wear, I don't think I deserve. Never will feel I deserve it. But there's some people who say I do. I wear it for me and all those who gave the utmost we need to keep to what's made us great the Bill of Rights, the Constitution of the United States. That's what I've worked for for all these years, and that's the reason we're the greatest country in the world. I've been in 90 countries in my lifetime, and I know how special this country is. Thornton continued to serve through Desert Storm. If you ask Medal of Honor recipients about their heroism, you will find that they don't think of themselves as heroes. They believe the service people they fought with are the heroes. They will tell you that every soldier fighting on behalf of our great nation commits acts of heroism that often go unnoticed. When Medal of Honor recipients display the nation's highest honor, when they wear the medal, pin the ribbon, or display the rosette, they'll tell you it was their duty. We thank every one of them for their commitment to duty, honor, and country. Following content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthVest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthVest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any of the sites listed or linked to any of the content.